0: Well, hey, Hub City, today we are continuing our series, The Jesus Paradox, where we just get to take a look at Jesus's paradoxical nature. And just a reminder uh, to you guys of what a paradox means is it's something that contradicts. It's something that has, like, no business being next to each other or close, um, and and it's, it's to- totally polar opposite, yet somehow, those things are true, they are correct, and they are valid. Um, and, and it's kind of crazy to make the claim that Jesus is a paradox, but we see throughout Scripture, and we saw last week, that Jesus is a paradox. And he's a paradox of 100% man, 100% God, and he is that 100% of the time. And we're going to discover another paradox of Jesus today, but before we do that... Um, I have these oars and um, you might be wondering why I have these oars with me, like what, what the heck are you doing? But I, today I want you to imagine that you are on a rowboat tour with me today and we are cruising down the Skagit um, and just bear with me, I've never done this in real life or in imaginary tour guide, but um, just keep your hands and feet inside the vehicle and you will be safe throughout today's message. Um, but I, I want us to imagine that we are rowing down the Skagit River, and you might be wondering why I have grace and truth on my oars, and here is why I have that. I want you to imagine if for some reason I just put my grace or down and then we start paddling and I start paddling with this oar and this oar only and we're just going in circles right if I just paddle with one oar, man we are going to go in circles and I hate to break it to you but eventually I'm just going to throw up because I can't I can't do with dizziness and going around in circles it's just going to be crazy so that's what happens if I just take this truth oar, I'm just gonna go in circles, we're gonna go nowhere and I'm gonna throw up and it's not gonna be a good time. And then let's just say that I pick up this grace oar back up again, but I set down this, this truth oar. And then the same thing is gonna happen. That, that we are just gonna go in circles and in circles and I'm probably gonna fall out the boat because I just can't hang anymore and I'm gonna go overboard. But guess what happens when I pick up this other oar again? Man, when I, I, when I am rowing with both these oars, we're gonna go straight. We're gonna go on a straight path. We're not going in circles anymore. Nobody's throwing up. Nobody's going overboard anymore. We are going on a straight path. And using oars and, and using these oars is actually a paradox. That when I rode this one, it's going the opposite direction of this oar. And when I rode this oar, it's going to go the opposite direction of this. But somehow when I'm doing them together, I go straight. That these are going in polar directions, that they're going in opposite directions, yet we are going straight. It says in John 1.14 that the word became flesh and dwelt among us. We saw his glory Glory as the the one and only from the Father, full of grace and truth. I'm going to read that again. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. We saw his glory, glory as the one and only from the Father, full of grace and full of truth. Jesus is a paradox. This is the paradox that we're hanging out with today. And he is full of grace and he is full of of truth, He is 100% full of grace, 100% full of truth, 100% of the time. Jesus constantly rows both his, his truth and his grace or going straight, never rowing in circles. But what I want to talk about today is what happens when we live life only rowing with one oar where we put down one of these oars and, and see what happens. And when we put down this grace oar, when we, when we lay it down and we only use our truth oar, man, we are gonna be going in circles. A life that abandons the grace oar, a life that sets grace down, that doesn't use it, is dominated by legalism. We are going in circles, paddled by arguments because we want to be right. We, we are paddled and we're going in circles by harshness when we set down this, this grace ore, and we're filled with impatience. And there's this, this scripture in John that I think represents what our lives can look like when we set down this grace ore. It says this in John 8, starting in verse 3. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery. They made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. In the law, Moses commanded us to stone such woman. Now what do you say? They were using this question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him. But Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger. When they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, let any one of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. And reading this scripture, man, the Pharisees point something out to us. What that is, the Pharisees show us then that that when we put our grace down, when we put our grace or down, we pick up stones That we replace the grace that we once had with stones. And and what we're doing is we are expecting to fix people. We are expecting to fix their problems. We are expecting to fix their sin and their stories with these stones. That we're expecting to fix these people with legalism, with intolerance, with impatience, with harshness, with expecting perfection from them. From them. I was driving on the freeway a couple years ago from, uh, from work and going home to Bellingham and I was just singing really loud and having a good, good ride and all of a sudden, boom, a rock hits my windshield and, and the aftermath of that was crazy. There is this big gash, there is this huge crack in my windshield. And over time, that crack began to get bigger and it got bigger and it got bigger and it started to affect the way that I was driving. It wasn't on my driver's side, it was on my passenger side, but it was getting so big over time that it started to come on my driver's side. And guys, when we are, are throwing stones that is fueled by legalism and impatient, it brings destruction to people's stories, just like that rock brought destruction to my windshield. When we throw stones and and expect people to be perfect and, and, and treat people with harshness and intolerance, man, we bring destruction to their lives. And I want you to think about this. Who in your life right now are you trying to fix? Who is somebody that you are trying to fix with impatience, with arguing, with expecting them to do the right thing every single time. Who are, who are you trying to fix? Or maybe there's, there's certain sins that just get underneath your skin and you try to fix those sins with stones. Maybe it's maybe it's abortion or homosexuality or 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 smoking weed or you name it, right? There's, there's certain sins that we we just put down our grace paddle and we say, man, I'm going to be legalistic. I'm going to be harsh. I'm not going to tolerate that sin. And we are clenching this stone in our hand so tightly. But Let me tell you this. Stones are not the solution to a sin problem. And we see that in John 8. Stones are not the solution to a sin problem. You know what is the solution? Jesus is the solution. So actually, the real problem here is an absence of Jesus. If the solution to our sin problem is Jesus, then the real problem is an absence of Jesus. And when we put down our grace paddle, when we don't hold on to grace and we are not displaying grace, man, we no longer display Jesus. When we are not living with grace and and, and displaying that, we are not displaying Jesus because an absence of grace is an absence of Jesus because Jesus is a paradox of 100% grace, 100% truth, 100% of the time. But here's the awesome thing. You and I get to put Jesus on display. That you and I, as we go into the grocery store, in our, in our schools, in our, in our work, or wherever we go, in our homes, man, we get to put Jesus on display. And, and what this means is putting Jesus on display means that we are, are learning to set down these stones that we hold on to so tightly, and we pick up grace instead. There's a pastor, his name's Luke Liaison, and he says this, it's hard to throw stones if you're busy washing feet. It's hard to throw stones if you're busy washing feet. And I wanna wanna pick up this grace war and see how this boat steers. In John 1, verse 16, it says this, for from his fullness we have all received in grace after grace. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came about through Jesus Christ. Now, we, we don't see grace. Grace isn't like an art museum where you just, you look at art from afar. That you don't get to like have a hands-on experience at an art museum. Like imagine if someone went up to the Mona Lisa and just touched it. Like, they they would be screwed, right? Like, they would be in so much trouble. Art museums are not meant to be uh, hands-on experiences. It's meant to just look at art, and grace is not that. Grace, we receive it. We participate in it, and we experience it. And as it's talking about this verse in John is that that we experience the fullness of his grace, that we don't get a portion we don't get half we don't we don't get just a little bit of of god's grace we get the fullness of it we get experience every last bit of it we get grace after grace after grace you know what jesus and his history is is full of grace his his past his present and his future is filled with grace And this grace that we're reading about in John, man, it can actually be translated into one blessing instead of another or one blessing replacing another. And that blessing or that grace that was replaced was the law that was given by God to Israel through Moses. The law was a blessing because It pointed out our need for a savior. We see all throughout the Old Testament that the Israelites are given chances, that they're given laws, they're given rules, but they can't follow it. And what that is telling us, that that's actually a blessing. It's it's grace because it's saying, man, I can't do this by myself. I cannot be righteous. I cannot achieve salvation all by myself. So even though it is really hard to follow these rules and this law, man, it is a blessing because it points out our need. It helps us realize that, man, we can't do this on our own. And what replaced this law was grace and truth, was kindness and faithfulness of God. And that came through Jesus to dwell in our neighborhood, to dwell in our hearts, So what we're realizing is we need both oars. We need both oars to go straight. We need the paradox of Jesus of 100% grace, 100% truth in our lives. Because truth points to our need of a savior. We can't do it without truth. We need truth but grace connects us with that Savior. It gives us a chance to be made righteous, to be justified before God. And and what we're seeing is that that Jesus' grace leaves a sweet taste in those who experience it. It leaves a sweet taste in those mouths who experience God's grace. We see this with the disciples all throughout the Bible, that, that they experience Jesus's grace at the wedding of Cana, where he turns water into wine. That they literally get to taste the sweetness of Jesus's grace. And we see it with feeding the 5,000, where Jesus takes five loaves and he takes five fish and he feeds 5,000 plus people. The disciples got to literally taste the grace that Jesus displays in their lives. And we see that when he calms the storm, that Jesus brings grace we see when he dies on the cross as an innocent man, Jesus displays grace. And just like the disciples got to experience it and have this sweet taste of grace in their mouth, man, you and I get to like experience this grace still today. It says this in Romans 5, starting in verse 12. as did Adam, who is the pattern of the one to come. But the gift is not like the trespass, for if many died by the trespass of one man, how much more did God's grace and the gift that came by the grace of one man, Jesus Christ, overflow to many. Nor can the gift of God be compared with the result of one man's sin. The judgment flowed one sin and brought condemnation, but the gift followed many trespasses and brought justification. For if by the trespass of one man, death reigned through that one man, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and of the gift of righteousness reign in the life through one man, Jesus Christ. Jesus' grace knocks you over like a domino. That, that there is impact in the grace that Jesus has in your life because the abundant gift of grace changes your life forever, just like this trajectory of the domino. Man, we, we, are, we are justified. We are, we are made right before God, as it says earlier in Romans 5 that we get to live now in peace and harmony with God because of what Jesus has done and the grace that he's displayed in our lives. Jesus' death on the cross vetoes the sin in our lives. It is bigger, it is more powerful, it has more impact in the world than sin does. Grace defeats sin. Jesus' grace has impact in our lives. And now let's see what happens when we add more dominoes to this equation. And I want you to imagine these dominoes as, as people, that there are people around you that are unaware of the grace that is available to them, that is free to them, that they have access to. And you and I, we have the opportunity to pass this grace along to those that we come in contact with. We get to have them participate and experience the the very grace that that changed our lives. (laughs) Imagine the impact that grace has when we pass it along. I want you to think about a thousand dominoes. There's always these cool videos of of thousands of dominoes and, and one tips over and then the rest fall over just because of that one domino at the beginning. Right? All of these dominoes fall over because one domino started that sequence. All of us get to experience grace because Jesus started it all. That Jesus, because he died on the great the, the, the cross, because he is filled with grace, we get to experience that grace. Now, just like these dominoes that just fell and knocked one over after another. Man, we are meant to pass this grace along. That we are not supposed to hoard this grace and and keep it. We are supposed to pass along this grace. My question for you, are are you gonna be the last domino to fall? Are you gonna let your life be, be filled with legalism? With harshness, with this intolerance, with expecting people to be perfect and be this last domino to fall, that there are people around you that are waiting to experience this grace that is free and available to them? Are you going to be somebody that's filled with grace and impacts the people around you because Jesus has impacted you? Are you going to be the last domino to fall? Let's pray. God, we thank you so much that, that you sent your son who is, who is a paradox. And, and through that, that paradoxical nature, man, it brings hope to our lives. It brings truth and it brings grace. And God, right now, I, I, I pray for, for myself and, and anybody else who's holding on to that stone that we are trying to fix people by throwing stones with our impatience and, and, and us arguing to, to just be right. God, can you give us the strength, can you give us the boldness to be able to, to put that stone down and replace that stone with, with the grace that we've experienced through your son Jesus? Can you give us the strength to let go of of this rigidness? God, we thank you that that your grace vetoes our sin. That it, it defeats it. And that we are justified, that we are made right before you. God, may we be people who when we come in contact with one another, that we are filled with grace, that we, we knock them over with grace. God, we thank you that your grace has made an impact in our future, in our eternity. We love you. In your name we pray, amen. If you'd like more information regarding Hub City Church, find us at thehubcitychurch.com. Thanks for listening.